This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. History, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> Welcome to Film History, the, the history, history of film. <laughs> I think we did it, boys. I think we did it. I think we did it pretty good. Today, we're coming at you with film history. We're going to dig up an oldie but goodie. All right, so, so James, uh, we had recorded every episode of the show so far in advance. Yes. With the hopes that we would have six weeks of <laughs> runway so that we, we wouldn't did. be up against the wall to try to record and edit in the same week. Yeah. And then somehow we've gone six weeks without recording a single episode. Yeah. And so all the runway has been burned. Yeah. And you are working on a great episode on the on the, the late Steve, Steve McQueen, McQueen, which is not quite ready yet for the prime time. Right. Um, and so Dev had the amazing idea that maybe we should dig up an old episode yeah. that you had already done most of the research on. Yes. And just kind of add a little bit of spice to it uh, because I wasn't a part of the old show. Right. The old show, I guess, has been put put to rest uh, and this is the resurrection. This is the the sequel yeah. to that show. Um, and one of the episodes that you guys had like always talked about was the Hollywood Sign episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we will absolutely uh, part of our Patreon. We will be putting like the old old episodes that just me and or just Dev and I did back in the day. But I figured, why not brush up some of these, brush off some of these old episodes, get them back into into action here, and give them the uh, the newfangled film history we, we put twist. those old episodes down like old yeller and this is the pet cemetery <laughs> podcast it's like the zombie uh, never seen those my movies my favorite by the way. thing and ladies and gentlemen out there in the multiverse that are listening and viewing this my favorite thing about this show is its range and we not only talk about movies or actors but hollywood as a as a yeah whole. yes we talk about the history we talk about all different facets of it and we talk about how it came to be. And this is an enlightening episode because you have the most iconic image of Hollywood is the Hollywood sign. Yeah. But most people have no idea how it came to be. Drake, do you know much about the history of the Hollywood sign? No, nothing. Actually, I mean, that was the question I was going to ask you at some point in the future, whether yeah. it was the show or not. It's like, 
of all the cities in all the world, I don't know many that have the name of the city yeah. stapled onto the mountains next to it. I don't think there are. I, I to my knowledge, I don't know of any other city. I, I wonder. I always wondered why. I, I think it's because like I always thought because like LA doesn't have a whole lot of like landmarks, and maybe right. it was the city being like, we need a landmark. Like New York has the Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty. Like mm. Seattle's got a the Space Needle or whatever. Or like you know. Uh, San Francisco's got the Golden Gate Bridge. We need something. So I always thought it was like the city commission got together and be like, we need something that's a landmark for Los Angeles. Why don't we put the names of like the the, the movie people <laughs> up on the hills? So tour- like a Mount Rushmore so, of Hollywood. Yeah, so tourists can come and take some pictures with it. You are half uh, right. I w- okay. I yeah. w- I, Drake, I wish it was that. I wish it were that <laughs> too. That would we be so much be nicer today. Uh, yes, I wish it was so much. But so we were talking about yeah Hollywood, and it might not always be about specific films. But when we talk about these old films, we have to understand the time period, and we have to understand the context in which they were made. Like, what was the city of Hollywood like? Right. What was it like driving around? What was the neighborhood like? For sure. How's how's the culture, and that ties into this because you know, like you said, you, most people assume. The Hollywood sign was probably just built by the city as a landmark. Yeah. Well, well if I recall I could, from our episode, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that is the no, entire story. Okay. So, so why don't we not. jump back in time? Yeah. And why don't James, you, you take us there, baby? Yes. Well, also, because I okay, I want to throw out a couple of predictions then, uh-huh. and we'll see how bad these are. Like afterwards, I would assume Ooh, that I like this game. No, oh, I do too. <laughs> I would assume that the sign probably went up in the fifties. At this point, the uh, Hollywood had already been established as like the entertainment capital and stuff, and so it made more sense. Any earlier in the fifties would feel weird because it's like, why would you be, why would you be talking like? Because Hollywood's obviously like to the rest of the world or rest of the country, Hollywood's like the place where movies were made. And I think just with information's traveling and stuff, like it would be strange to plaster that onto the side of a mountain when the rest of the world doesn't know like this, <laughs> this is where so the movies are, this is where the movies are made this is so, so i'm assuming good. it goes up in the 50s um i yeah like i said i assume it's a tourist attraction like that the city came up with to like get tourism and stuff and just have something on a maps to make maps for the fucking atlas company or whatever mm-hmm. whoever makes maps um atlas does atlas make maps i don't know uh almanac yep. the yeah. world almanac or something like that uh and um, I know a, Rand McNally. This is one thing I know. I, it, used <laughs> wow. to, it used to light up, right? Like the sign used to light up. Yes. And then did. rich people started building houses there and complained about the light pollution, so they just took the lights out. So let me go ahead and stop all this. Okay. All right. All right. Well, those are all the predictions. We'll I get see, you. We'll see how close they are. This when we're was done. not built by a cartographer, um, <laughs> and <laughs> this is not made by an LA cartographer. Uh, and by the way, I wanted to. I also I do want to preface this just like I did, <laughs> just like I did in the original recording of the Hollywood history, Hollywood sign history. Uh, I don't want to disparage the Hollywood sign or ruin anyone's fun when they come, you know, to take a picture of it or tourist. I just want to make Might sure. Yeah, I just want to make sure I give a thorough history on it. Uh, this has been sort of part what did the Hollywood sign do to people. So nowadays it has evolved and our opinions on it. But uh, uh, the main reason I think is because a lot of people don't know the history of this thing. So 
when you know the history, makes it a little bit different. But also, that is part of film history. You know, I've been struggling a lot lately. Like, the Nosferatu episode was all about how Nazis made this thing. And we talk about Al Jolson. And I just want to tell you guys, like, you know, I mean, you guys know by now. Film history has a, a sordid past. History in general. Yeah, history in general. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and and we, we all know that and this was my point. Drake's this like, was my point fuck? about context. Well, this was my <laughs> point about context about Hollywood of side. the time. <laughs> it used to say Hollywood exactly. Land. It used to say Hollywood Land, yeah, right? Yeah, it did. It okay. did. Yeah. Was the land the bad part? Uh yeah actually yeah yeah actually yeah yeah, the, yeah you're the not land wrong was the issue the land they, was the issue when they took that. the land out it stopped being problematic right so okay, okay. <laughs> James why don't, uh, why don't we time warp back to the early 1900s <laughs> pew, 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 pew. so if you have somehow managed to not see the Hollywood sign ever in person or in a movie or anything. It is a, just in case, it's, somebody out there sure. might not even know what we're talking about. Sure. It is a 45 feet tall, 352 feet long sign on the Hollywood Hills. It spells Hollywood. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I just want to make sure it's not like, yeah, but what? It, we're going to talk today about what this is, the history of it, why it's there. And this thing has become... Like you were saying, Dev, like it's so iconic. When you think of going to Hollywood, when I was a kid, wanting to move to Hollywood, when I moved out here, you know, and I was 20 years old, my first thing was like I saw the Hollywood sign and it was like, oh my God, like I'm here, you know, and it just, it is this beacon of, uh, it's like the Statue of Liberty in New York for people coming to LA. This is like, you have made it, you're in Hollywood, you're here. But today, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story of how this all started, how this was made. It's the early 1920s Los Angeles. The film industry is booming. What started as one small Chicago film company moving in 1907 had grown into a town that was essentially being sustained and developed by the film industry. Hollywood was no longer just a city, but a place where small-town people like us could come and make our moving picture dreams come true. Cool. That was Radio Man. Nice. Good to, see, good to have him back after all these years. So, a lot of episodes. A lot of what Radio Man was talking about could be credited to the man who was known as the father of Hollywood, H.J. Whitley, a real estate developer who headed up the creation of the Hollywood subdivision in Los Angeles. There's a bit of controversy over who really came up with the name, but H.J. Whitley said he and his wife came up with the name on a honeymoon in the 1880s. Uh, historians credit Dieta Wilcox, wife of H.H. Wilcox, the landowner who subdivided his 160-acre farm and donated it to the development of Hollywood. They say it was them. But are you hearing these names? This is Whitley... Wilcox. Oh, yes. Okay. These are yeah, the founding these are the, fathers. These are the streets. These yeah, are, these are the streets these that the streets. I, I live around. Exactly. Was I don't want to dox you, but Yucca. I don't. Was there? Because I, I would love if there Yuka. was a man named Yucca. Yucca, Doctor Yucca. No, dude. Yucca is a root. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yucca is a root. Yucca. Yucca is Yucca is truly Yucca is truly the roots of Hollywood. <laughs> Wait, so uh, it, was was Hollywood a, a type of plant? <laughs> Did that actor really look Define. like Nosferatu? <laughs> 
So Where did yeah, Hollywood the, come from? <laughs> Hollywood. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're actually asking. Yeah, it's yeah, holly. Like the is a wood plant. of a holly yeah, a tree. Is a, yeah. So it's it's a holly grove. It's named after the holly grove right. tree. Right. Yeah. That's what and, this uh, town was named after. Yeah. It was originally. So yeah. this is one thing. Dev and I back in the day, whenever we first did the Hollywood sign, we had already kind of done a few episodes where we established that Hollywood was, you know, it's an old joke. Uh, this used to be all orange groves. Because really? it did, yeah. This oh, cool. Hollywood back in the nineteen tens like was orange groves. It was farms. The valley of yeah, the, right there at the foothills of the the Hollywood yeah. Hills. Well, that, where the strip is. Yeah, and Florida, exactly. and Cal- Florida and LA are the exact same place. Yeah, <laughs> like we're we're sitting on H. J. Whitley. We're sitting on his farm right okay. now. Like this is what it has become. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the land developer or the land owner, no one knows. All I know is these guys loved using their initials back in the day and they they all went by their first two initials cuz it sounded very fancy and their names are everywhere in Hollywood. Uh some things he definitely gave us are Whitley Heights and the entire San Fernando Valley was H.J. Whitley, <laughs> including Reseda, Van Nuys, Canoga Park, Whitley Gardens, Corcoran, California. Those were all his like his land? It was These all his are, land? Yes. He wow. was a land baron. Wow. Okay. Like Val Kilmer's dad. <laughs> Wait, really? Watch the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, watch the Val documentary Why is there no Amazon. Kilmer Street then? Yeah, man, there should be a Kilmer. Dude, I'm over on Kilmer, dude. There should be a Kilmer Street. But Whitley was also, of course, uh, responsible for the Hollywood sign. And the first film by a Hollywood studio, Nestor Motion Picture Company, was shot on October 6, 1911, and Whitley's home was the set of the movie. Whoa, yeah. cool. So he really, truly started Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. So back to the 1920s, the 640-acre housing development had just been built in the hills above the Hollywood district of Los Angeles called Hollywoodland. Okay. It was a segregated, whites-only neighborhood that developers Woodruff and Schultz called a superb environment without excessive cost on the Hollywood side of the hills. So basically, it was a place where, like, if you're racist, but you're not rich, you could still come by a place in Whiteyville and, you know... You guys didn't (laughs) tell me about this. (laughs) Hollywood line. I remember we talked about this on an earlier episode of the podcast because I was like, that's so funny because Hollywood now is one of the most culturally diverse, interesting streets I've ever lived on. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. It's coming back to me now. It didn't start out like that. It started out on a mountain of mayonnaise (laughs) called the Hollywood Hills. Wow. Okay. (laughs) No, dude, Al Jolson is standing atop the hill, face covered in shoe polish. Full blackface. This is bullshit. Yeah, I was this about to say, he's probably protesting. <laughs> he's protesting the development of this, like, in blackface. He's I'm like, not I am progressive. irony whatsoever. <laughs> I am progressive. Uh, also, this is not going to be my last reference. It will be my first. Uh, L.A. Noir. Okay. Everyone, the video game L.A. Noir, developed by Rockstar, who also made the Grand Theft Auto series, Go play it. It is it's so Hollywood history. They took a lot of true stories from Hollywood history and gave them some fun twists cool. and turns for the game. But one of them was the development of this neighborhood of My Hollywood land. Apartment building is yes. in that game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's part of the whole thing. It sent me down a lot of rabbit holes while I was playing, researching the true stories, and one of them was the development of Hollywood land. 
And they were doing this thing at the time where they'd buy old wood and building materials from movie studios, and they would build fucking houses with it in this development. So rickety, like, plywood was used in the development of this neighborhood. And some of these houses were so dangerous, there were construction workers being killed while working on them. And it was just all covered up. And I think a few families had like their house collapsing on them. And they would give these people a, a two-week vacation. And while they were gone, they would just burn their house down. What? And they'd come back to their house being burned down. What the fuck? And the development was kind of like, oh, yeah, your house burned down. Here's some money. You know, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> to avoid... To avoid getting in more trouble, I guess. Wow. Yeah. You could just do shit back in the day. Back in the day, it was no You could just far. do shit. No, no one would know. No one, who, who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tweet to about mm-hmm. this? Exactly. What happened to the great freedoms in this country when you can burn another man's house down without repercussions? Exactly. That's that's what we were saying, too. I think we're saying the same thing. <laughs> the lawless West. So one of the partners in the real estate syndicate behind the development of Hollywoodland was a friend of H.J. Whitley named Harry Chandler, president of the L.A. Times and notable eugenicist. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So H.J. Whitley, he had this sign uh, built to advertise his development, Whitley Heights, which was located between Highland Avenue and Vine Street. And he suggested to Harry, his old friend, that his syndicate use the same method to advertise their new white land, Hollywood land. So the new, the new mayonnaise town. And uh, the, the developers, they contracted the Crescent Sign Company, to erect 13 south-facing letters on the hillside. And Thomas Fisk Goff, the owner of the sign company, is credited with designing the sign, but this is also debated. Some say it was actually designed by a 26-year-old advertising and promotional man by the name of John Rush, uh, who was working on the brochure for Hollywood Land, and they say he had drawn that sign over a plan for the subdivision as a concept in the first place. So... You know, a lot of people stealing credit here. In our in our the the trilogy that inaugurated this show, when everyone was trying to steal the credit for Cagney slapping that yeah, woman with the grapefruit, the grapefruit scene. It's like, why are you guys arguing over who came up with this terrible thing? The grapefruit scene is the representation of Hollywood for sure. It's like everyone's trying to take credit for a bad thing, basically. Yeah, and there were two developers on this team who were developing Hollywood who both said their wives came up with the name. Hollywood. Like, we'll never know. We never know the truth. I mean, we would have to literally go back in time. You know, they built the sign. <laughs> they went ahead and built it. They were like, that's a great idea. Let's do How it. How much does the sign cost to make? Do you know? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> each letter was 30 feet wide, 50 feet tall. They studded the letters with over 4,000 light bulbs that flashed in segments. First, it would say Holly, then it would say Wood, <laughs> then it would say Land, and then all of it just blank, you know, a few times at once. And every time it said Wood, people would laugh like Drake just did. Every time, you know it, you know they did. Every time it I'm blanked on just that. Wood. I'm laughing about How so much pageant, pageantry. Yeah. 
for a neighborhood sign. This I didn't know this was sign. a glorified God. like homeowners association bill. That was <laughs> Wait, remember when? When was the first Oscar? Yeah, actually, we get into that. Okay. It, it was it was because, around now because they were talking about like Hollywood and everybody's like, "Look at me, look at me!" And what does Meyer do? He's like, "I'll give him a fucking trouble. Shut him up. up, right?" It's in the culture, and it was in that the culture of that era. Very true. Yeah, <laughs> they built this fifty foot sign. You know, it was each letter was thirty feet wide, four thousand light bulbs. They they projected a searchlight onto the sign so that every white person in Hollywood could look at it and be like, "That's a safe haven," you know. <laughs> every cracker in Hollywood. Finally, a place where we can go and feel safe. Finally, the white man gets a win, you know, <laughs> in the 1940s. No, this actually, I think this is early. But just to remind you how old the Hollywood sign is, by the way, the poles that support the sign were hauled to the site by fucking mules. Donkeys brought those things up there. Holy shit. The whole project cost $21,000, which if we run it through the old inflation, inflation calculator... <laughs> this is the equivalent to three hundred and nine thousand dollars in today's money. Uh, it was a, f- okay. a steal. A steal. That's a, a steal for a giant sign. Two bedroom bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> it was. A, it was officially dedicated in nineteen twenty three. So that's when the sign okay. went into action. You know, okay. Really, so we're, we're about seven years BC before the CAG. It was only originally meant to last for about a year and a half as an advertisement. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of money for a year and a half advertising. Yeah. Or maybe it's not. I don't know how much advertising costs. I mean, for a, I guess, you know, for an entire subdivision, maybe it's not that much. But yeah, that is actually a lot of money. I mean, especially when you consider those houses during the day. I don't know. It, it was. You're right. It was, a, it was a shit ton of money. But these are also the forefathers I of mean, Hollywood. Uh, it's about, that's about the price of some of those billboards on Sunset. These billboards, right? Like... Is it just a dick measuring contest between the studios to see who can spend the most money and put it in outside of each other's yes. offices? Yeah, it has been yes. since the beginning. It's just like to throw it's like real it's just estate. To throw yeah. a, a picture of your movie outside the office of your buddy who works at a different studio. And how cool can you make so it? So he has to see it every day because it doesn't. It can't actually help of sales, right? It's giving each other a naked like, Meyer. What? A naked Oscar man. Oh. <laughs> A naked man. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. something different. The naked man. <laughs> the naked Giving man. each other the naked man. The naked... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the statue I just made up. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I was the, cracking go up. Go back and watch the Wings episode, everyone. That was a great episode. Shout out Malik McCray. So, remind me again, James, what year this was built? This was 1923 was when it officially became dedicated. So that was like, I guess the neighborhood opened up, the whites only neighborhood, Hollywood land, and the sign was in business in 1923, Hollywood land. And uh, so whenever, whoever designed the sign, when they designed it, they didn't use an engineer (laughs) because because the 1920s, Mm -hmm. you know. They used an artist. Yeah, they used an artist and some alcohol. Also, again, it was only meant to be temporary. 18 months, to be exact, was exactly how long they thought this thing would last. So over the years, it it did not... They didn't tear it down after 18 months. They just kept it up there. And over the years, this thing just started to deteriorate. And there's some good photos of it looking like absolute shit. Really? Like in the 1930s. 
it, we went through two phases of the Hollywood sign where it looked like we were living in Fallout. Like <laughs> the Hollywood sign looked straight up like post-apocalyptic through oh the 30s God. and the 70s. Really? Yeah. Holy the, shit. It was the Great Depression, and like you know, that's funny because the Hollywood sign is a good representation of how America yeah. is. And then <laughs> when, when artists change it to say Hollyweed and Hollywood, exactly, it's a really good. Yeah. Sign. Wait, okay. Okay. So the 30s had the Great Depression. What's the 70s excuse? You know, nom. <laughs> the Great Depression. The Great Depression. <laughs> the second. The second. Of our, the of our lives. <laughs> the sequel to the Great Depression. <laughs> the long awaited the Great Depression 2 the Depressioner yeah and guess what we're in the third sequel now so the Hollywood sign's probably bring it home baby <laughs> the Hollywood sign's gonna look like shit in 2025 you gotta love oh a good God. trilogy so it starts deteriorating yeah it starts deteriorating how does it regain its life okay this is how it <laughs> regains its life Dev that is such a good question so kind of a long story but I'm gonna tell it to you uh, I don't have the exact date this happened, but it was in the 1940s. There was this legendary maintenance guy in Los Angeles <laughs> named Albert Willie. Yeah, he was like this guy who was like famous <laughs> for being like a maintenance man around L.A. Albert Koth, K-O-T-H-E. And it was rumored that he lived in a shack behind the Hollywood sign. But when he died, people found out he didn't actually live there. He just like used it as a maintenance shack. He actually lived on Beachwood Drive uh, nearby in a foreman's cabin that had been built in the days when laborers lived in tents on the property at the edge of the dirt road that was Sunset at the time. Sunset used to be a dirt road? Yeah. It, wow. was, it was all orange groves. <laughs> it was all farmland and orange groves. Yeah, like wow. some of these like silent movie stars were making movies in L.A. when it was a time of like there was Main Street and farms wow yeah i mean it wasn't a big town it really wasn't and i don't know it's still Still not not. it's still not (laughs) still not it's still a small town i mean especially hollywood itself Mm. is yeah it's a small little piece of Mm -hmm. you know land but um so this guy albert koth he was the caretaker of the hollywood sign and wolf's lair a sprawling 1921 mansion that is still there to this day and apparently it's haunted as shit. It was built, you know, like I said, in 1921. It was built by L. Milton Wolf, one of the guys who designed Hollywood Land. So it was haunted by a bunch of racist ghosts, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, my God, <laughs> Hollywood Land sounds like an amusement say, park. The house itself has racist tendencies. And also, Moby lived there for a while, by the way, in Wolf's Lair. Who? Yeah, Moby. Oh my god! That racist prick. I have no idea well, who's Damn, Moby. Drake doesn't know who Moby is. Is that is that is that <laughs> That's okay. is that the one who hunted the whale? That, I'm not that upset about. I'm that. I'm not that upset about that either. <laughs> I'm actually. Is that it's the one Moby. who hunted the whale? <laughs> Moby Dick. <laughs> Moby Dick lived yes. in the Wolf Slayer for a yes. while. Yeah, brother of Andy yes. Dick. <laughs> Moby Dick. And the, Ahab was the butler. Moby Dick, the creator of some of the worst music we've ever heard in history. <laughs> No, Moby was a musician. You don't need to know him. He was terrible. He was a terrible man. So. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was true. But this wolf slayer, <laughs> this wolf slayer, the other place that Albert Koth would take care of, uh, one day on a special episode, we'll have to go there because it's on Duran Drive. It's right around the Hollywood sign. It's this huge fucking like castle that was built in 1921. Go ahead. Is, is this at all related to Duran Duran? You know what? This is a great practice episode. 
<laughs> it's a good rehearsal. <laughs> Does Duran Duran have anything to do with this drive? No, no, no. Okay, all. all right. I mean, they probably did drive up there at one point. <laughs> but Albert. All coked yeah, out. Yeah, all coked out. <laughs> I love Duran Duran, dude. They're very 80s. Let's play some Duran Duran right now over this over this part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, legendary maintenance guy, Albert Koth. He was headed up to do his work on the sign one day, and apparently he was shit-faced. Guy was, like, drunk as piss. D-W-I, not D-U-I. He was drinking while driving, not only just driving around drunk. (laughs) He drove his 1928 Model A pickup truck up to the top of Mount Lee, reportedly sipping on a bottle of booze on his way. He got near the top when he loses control of his Model A pickup. And he drove off the cliff, smashing through the H on the Hollywood sign. (laughs) Smashed his truck straight through it. He was fine. He was not harmed. Just like you hear a lot of people when they're drunk, they're fine. Uh, His his Model A was not fine. And the H in the Hollywood sign was also not fine. Completely destroyed. <laughs> and apparently he would hang out at bars where he could see the sign and he would where which was probably everywhere because it was like farmland at this point. He'd hang out at bars <laughs> and he would point up to the Hollywood land sign and he'd be like, You see that H up there, how it's destroyed? I did that. And he would be very proud of it. <laughs> and I mean, look, I'm not proud of him drinking and driving or his DWI, but also pretty proud of him for destroying the fucking most racist sign ever you know? it did and, and surviving and surviving being just fine did he get in any sort of legal repercussions no, from this duis weren't even they encouraged <laughs> i think they encouraged you to drink and drive at the time bro Wait, was it not- you didn't even you didn't even need a license did you hear he said a model yeah a. model a. a model t yeah <laughs> he, was, he, he was driving a piece of history Okay, wait, wait. I yes, but this is this is when they were still called horseless carriages. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just broke a three hundred thousand dollars sign. Like, is there no there's no repercussions? He's for that? fine. He's a maintenance guy. He'll fix okay. it. You know, <laughs> He'll fix it. He's got it. As soon as he gets done at the bar tonight, he's gonna get back up there. <laughs> but know what he needs before he goes to work? Another another drink. drink. Yeah. <laughs> Before you get up there and fix this thing. God, life used to be so simple. Yeah, man. He has to take like a lift to get back up there because his car's <laughs> trash, you know. But the funny thing is, is that Albert crashing through the sign might have actually saved it. Really? <laughs> so the sign looked, it sat there looking like that. Like it was already looking <laughs> shitty. It was already looking shitty. And now it just says like Hollywood. Land. Yeah, I was going to say Hollywood, Hollywood land. land. And it looks like total garbage. And finally, in 1949, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce began a contract with the L.A. Parks Department to rejuvenate the sign. Let's bring okay. it back. So I'm Albert saved it. Albert saved the Hollywood sign way before anyone else would. So <laughs> the, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce... They join up with the L.A. Parks Department. They're going to do this whole project to rejuvenate the sign. The contract included the removal of the land part of the sign for it to just say Hollywood because they wanted to shed the whole racist Ah. past of Hollywood land. This is in the 40s. They're like, uh, let's uh, take a step back from this over here, (laughs) and we don't want to be... 
remind people of this subdivision? No longer whites only. No longer whites only. Yeah. <laughs> I Integrating Hollywood, you know. You know what? The 40s, you get credit for that. Yeah. That's, that's progressive-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's coming back from World War II. Like, what the fuck? The department also dictated that any illumination of the sign would be at the expense of the chamber... So the chamber opted out of light bulbs altogether. Okay. That's why it's not lit up today. Really? Yeah. These days, the reason is what it's just like since some the forties, like some yeah. Since wow. The 40s. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. I thought that was way more recent. Yeah. No, they had light okay. bulbs on that thing until yeah about 1948, 1950, and the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, which is probably for the best. You know, they said let's not run these light bulbs every night. Four thousand light bulbs yeah. on this sign. Yeah. I can't. I always imagine. I mean, like Vegas. I can't even imagine how they sustain this. The light bill. The light bill is insane. Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Cocaine and and gambling. gambling. Yeah, everything just runs on cocaine. Every time, every time you do a line in the bathroom and lose at the roulette table, you just paid for another hour of neon on the Vegas Strip. You go do a line in the bathroom, and the light actually glows a little bit brighter for a second, and then goes back to normal. They're just pouring bags of cocaine onto the lights. They, you just yeah. bought another five minutes of the the flamingo, <laughs> being able to run that neon. Neon's expensive as shit. Like lights, this four thousand light bulbs on the Hollywood Land sign is one thing. Neon is so fucking expensive. Uh, Vegas, it, it'll Vegas. be gone one day. We need to enjoy it while it's here. It'll be gone one day. It's a huge waste of money. I love it, but. You know, oh, man, it was also yeah. built by the mafia. It was a brothel gambling den on the pit Dude, stop on the way to California. Oh my god, I'm so glad this just came up actually. We were talking about James Cagney's Penny Arcade and we got into yeah. the weeds a little bit about how like slot machines and vending machines back in the day became rackets mm-hmm. for the mob. So, mm-hmm. back in the 1920s, the mob put out when the when the slot machine was invented. The mob jumped on this shit, put slot machines all over New York. The mayor of New York, Mayor LaGuardia of New York, Whoa. yeah, in the 20s, uh, had the entire New York Police Department scour all of New York for illegal slot machines, threw them into the bay, like into the rivers and shit. They were what? throwing them like the tea party, throwing <laughs> slot machines Bro. into the water all over New York. Mayor LaGuardia was a badass. He was a badass. He was a mob dumb. buster. He was, I didn't know it. He was a fucking mob buster like Giuliani, he, except for Lester Strait. Bro, he also, <laughs> he was the only one in, in the federal hearing about cannabis for the marijuana tax stamp app. He's the only one who wrote to Congress and the president and said, don't do this and make this illegal. There's no validity. Wow. To it. wow. Holy shit, man. LaGuardia was the only one who stood up to LaGuardia the, was LaGuardia. The shit. LaGuardia. 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 But it's funny because he throws all these machines into the water. I, I want to say like the Hudson. I don't fucking know. I'm not a fucking New Yorker. Not New Yorker. But uh, he throws all these machines overboard, over New York board. And the mob uh, had to find a new place to set up shop. So they went to Vegas, and basically that was where Vegas began oh. because LaGuardia kicked him out of New York. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. how Vegas started. Was a bunch of like slot machines. When the apocalypse happens, and I say when, not not if. Yeah. When the apocalypse happens, uh, Vegas will either be the first to go or the last to stand. 
Like, yeah. it, it will I be the first thing that we like, like, this is a bad idea, or the only place that exists on Earth? Vegas is... No, no, no. First place to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> Vegas is it's in the, America... It's in the desert! America, like, America is a kid with a sock drawer... And Vegas is where he hides all those things in the sock drawer. Like, Vegas is America's sock drawer. <laughs> America puts all of its, like, pornos and I, I think weed. Vegas is the most American place in America. It's like, America. It's, it's, the, it's everything. I think it's, it's what the founding fathers wanted. It's everything wanted. we claim we stand for. It's what George Washington would have wanted. <laughs> exactly. For yeah. America. Like, for I can sure. buy liquor at on any street corner and walk around with it at any hour of the day. I once killed a, a man in a bar yeah. in Vegas. And they were like, that's actually legal here. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever asked, but murder's legal in Vegas. Listen, so. I will. I do admit Vegas is a magical city. It's the only place where you can lose your entire life savings right after watching somebody get eaten by a <laughs> you, you told me once that I was like, what was the mob like in, in uh, L.A.? Mm. And you were like, L.A. is so corrupt that the mob couldn't exist here. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that story? So they did exist. They very much were in L.A. There's actually, there's a movie that's bad but good called Gangster Squad that's really good about all this. But Mickey Cohen was the mobster in L.A. Mickey Cohen kind of brought the mob to Los Angeles. Mickey Cohen's the guy who got shot in front of, on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, shit. And, well, he didn't get shot. His guards got killed. But uh, <laughs> everyone around him just got shot, not him. <laughs> But yeah, Lucky Paid Luciano, people die for Mickey Cohen, these guys did all bring the mob to L.A. And there's still mafias in L.A., don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The Italian mob, not so much, but the Armenian mob here is very heavy. Mm. But the Italian mob back in those days, who was running New York, starting Vegas, they expanded west and they went to L.A. And yeah, it was basically this thing of like, these guys are already paid off. The judges, the cops, they're already paid off by rich entities like who aren't mafia like you think the mob has money meet charlie chaplin who makes eleven thousand dollars a week in 1925 like eleven thousand 1925 dollars a week you know everyone's so rich here and so paid off and yeah they said it would literally come down to like you had to you had to pay the janitor at the courthouse you know to even be here it was it was so corrupt already that the that the mafia always had a lot of trouble getting a foothold here basically <laughs> too corrupt for the They're mob like, we, That's we can't corrupt anyone every everybody's already dirty i try to grease the wheels more grease comes it, out this is, i've never had this happen before. it'd be like if you went to go like burglarize a house and you walk in and there's like 12 dudes with mask on and guns and they're like whoa 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 Get, take a number we didn't know there was gonna be thirteen. Yeah, sorry, twelve is the max. I'm sorry. There's already. <laughs> and it, this robbery is that capacity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, you can get what's left, but like, you know, we got here first. There, there's a bouncer outside. Are you on the list? <laughs> the people are just upstairs trying to sleep. I had a reservation like, to rob here. Yeah, come on. Yeah. They, Look, me and my wife booked this 13 weeks ago. <laughs> we want, we got. I'll give you another hundred. We had dibs on the rug. <laughs> so to give the sign new life, um, it still had a lot of the original unprotected wood and sheet metal that would just continue to degrade. But they plucked off all the light bulbs. Uh, they kind of like repainted it, redid it a little bit. 
By the 1970s, though, it was looking bad again. This was like the second like Hollywood sign looking bad. And like most of the rest of the Yeah, country. like most of the rest of the country it's, at the time. It's a little on the rough <laughs> side. <laughs> the first O had splintered and broken apart and looked more like a U, and the third O had just fallen off completely. <laughs> like completely. It was gone. Holy shit. So in the nineteen seventies, people in Hollywood were seeing this sign that said like Hollywood. And it was just completely decrepit. It was pretty amazing to see, actually. I mean, I would love to. T- that's what I think it should return. Yeah, the decrepit. I think <laughs> that's. And if not, I want to make a T-shirt with that sign. Well, on. Ooh, <laughs> what would be more representative now is if the Hollywood sign had the Disney logo on it. It's only a matter of time before they laser cut fucking Mickey's face into the mountain. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Disney's Hollywood. Disney presents this, Hollywood. We joke. I, I I pay rent to Disney. Yeah. 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 You will. You probably already and, are. And the funny thing is, <laughs> Disney's going to put change the name back to Hollywood Land. <laughs> that was a little circle. And Al Jolson will come back from the grave and do blackface. <laughs> At least Walt Disney will thaw out and try to clone himself. In 1978, a true American hero emerges from his mansion and has said enough is enough. That Are iconic... Wearing a robe? No, that iconic figure was none other than he- Hugh Hefner, the Hef himself. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Hugh Hefner, founder of Playboy Mansion, sexual revolutionary, debonair, int- entrepreneur, and the guy who helped everyone's dad masturbate at some point. Or mom. Do you know. think he can see the sign from the man? Oh, probably. absolutely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, There's no buildings definitely. back then. So yeah. I'm, he's just in the grotto fucking and like looking at that. I like, paid for this. You got to do something about <laughs> that, bro. Like, this is, that thing this looks is bothering me. Every time I look over here. Also. I got a zoo back here. I can't have a Hollywood sign messing this vibe up. <laughs> also, the vibe. Also, <laughs> man, dude, I was just kidding about all that shit that I said. The man was disgusting. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Hugh Hefner launched a campaign to restore the landmark, and nine donors gave $27,000 each, totaling about two hundred fifty grand. In 1978, this would have basically been each donor giving 113000 each. The total to save the Hollywood sign was about a million bucks, uh, you know, with the old inflation calculator. The H of the Hollywood sign was bought by Hugh Hefner himself. Of course. H for Hugh. Makes yeah. sense. The O was bought by Giovanni Mazza, an Italian producer. Giovanni Mazza. The L was bought by Les Kelly, the founder of Kelly's Blue Book. Whoa. Yeah. He Interesting. Bought, he bought the first L. And the second L was bought by Gene Autry, who uh, we will probably do an episode on one day. Okay. It's going to happen. Gene Autry was like probably the first country western star, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. He was How does he uh, relate to the film? Yeah. Uh, wait, what? How does he relate to the film? If he's a... Oh, country oh, western, yes. not singer. Yes. Not like a... Yeah, no. Okay. Both, both. He did both. Okay, cool. Yeah, Gene Autry was a country and western star. Okay, ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Blues Brothers, we do both types of music, country and western. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The Y was bought by Terrence Donnelly, a publisher for the Hollywood Independent Newspaper, who, by the way, damn, guy was rich as fuck. 
I guess those newspaper guys back in the day. You didn't have Twitter, you know. Uh, the W uh, of the Hollywood sign was bought by Andy Williams, your favorite Christmas music singer. Chestnuts roasting. Ah, oh, that's good old Andy. Yeah, yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most oh, wonderful time. Cool. That was Andy Williams. Jingles. Yeah, he bought the W. The second O in the Hollywood sign was bought by Warner Brothers Records, the start of the wood. The third O was bought by Alice motherfucking Cooper. Whoa. And he donated this O uh, to the memory of his close friend, comedian, Groucho Marx. Whoa. Alice Cooper hung out with Groucho Marx. Whoa, that's so sick. Yeah. Young Alice Cooper... Hung out with very old ass Groucho Marx, probably Damn. yeah, in like the last years of Groucho Marx's life, I would imagine. Can you imagine like the two of them out? Driving? Oh, actually, I can. They were the first Hollywood vampires. They were, they were like you know, Alice Cooper started the Hollywood vampires, the Sunset Boulevard drinking whoa, team, basically whoa. in the seventies. Like yeah. the dudes who were at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, yeah. who you had to out drink. Yeah, the Viper Room, the whole strip. And you had to outdrink all of them in order to become part of the Hollywood well, so vampires. Wait, did they start the vampire perch? Because there's a there's a part of the Rainbow Room, like on the top floor, yeah, where there's the topper floor that's like called like the vampire yes, perch or something. That's them. That was them. That's cool. the Hollywood vampire. Sweet. I'll look up the list, but it was all of your like seventies, eighties rockers. You okay. Know, the cool. Hollywood vampires. Can anyone just go up to the vampires perch, or do you have to be like know somebody? Eh, you probably just. Because I was there, there one night, and some creepy looking dudes went up there, and I, I mean, was like, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't know who I have to sacrifice to be part of this club you can but. you can probably just go up there let's see the hollywood vampires was joe perry alice cooper johnny depp uh brad whitford all the aerosmith guys all the guns and roses guys marilyn manson started in the 70s but the hollywood vampires kind of carried on but the original hollywood vampires um it was like john lennon ringo star harry nilson keith moon the whole band, The Who, Mickey Dolans of The Monkees, all these guys would go out and get shit-faced at these bars, and it was it was Sunset Boulevard history. Cool. Anyway, Groucho Marx <laughs> was a part of that. Was uh, sort of a part of that, even though he was so old, he probably wasn't. He was just a friend of Alice Cooper, and Groucho Marx used to joke because Groucho Marx lived in a time where there, for one, wasn't a Hollywood sign back in the day, and then when there was, it quickly became a piece of shit. He always said he was going to donate the O from Groucho to the Hollywood sign. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So when Alice Cooper bought it, he bought it on behalf of Groucho Marx. That's cool. Yeah. And the big D of the Hollywood sign was bought by Dennis Litke. Uh, I was you're gonna say Dennis Hopper. Yeah, no, not not as cool. He's just a business guy. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. <laughs> just a business dude bought the D. And thanks to their donations, the Chamber of Commerce set out to replace the severely deteriorated sign with a more permanent one. The new letters were 45 feet tall and ranged from 31 to 39 feet wide, which is kind of weird to me that they're all different, but the new sign was <laughs> unveiled on November the 11th, 1978, and it was the climactic end to a live broadcast of a CBS television special commemorating the 75th anniversary of Hollywood becoming a city. Ah. And it's been standing like that ever since. That's cool. basically the Hollywood sign we see now was built in 1978 or refurbished. 
Okay. Um, and cool. it's been watching over us ever since. Wait, like the... So do those guys still technically own those letters? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it I kind mean, of ceremonial and the city really owns the sign? Both. Okay. I don't know. You'd have to ask I mean, the like, Illuminati so you have or Scientology. Does daughters own it now? Or like, does the city repossess? Scientology. Scientology, yeah. Tom Cruise owns all owns of that? Owns the whole thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. And the town. <laughs> they put a plaque for each of these people, like, on the backs of the signs or something? Is there anything, like, on the actual architecture of the sign that denotes who owns the letters? Probably, like, somewhere in the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, okay. But It'd be cool if on the back there was, like, a plaque cool. bolted, be like, Groucho Marx owns I've it. never seen the back because you can't get up there. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get to that, actually. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. The original 1923 sign was always presumed destroyed until it resurfaced in 2005, uh, where it was put up for sale on fucking eBay what? by a guy named Dan Bliss, who was a producer. I looked this guy up. I could not find anything. He was okay. a producer, you know, in L.A. When you say a producer, that could mean anything. So that could also mean a drug dealer or, a, you know, a, a two-bit hustler. <laughs> it's, it, was, it was sold to the artist Bill Mack who painted some of the stars from the Golden Age on some of the sheet metal as an art piece, which that does sound pretty cool. In 2012, Matt constructed a replica of the H from the metal, and the L.A. City Council presented him with a certificate of recognition for his preservation of the iconic symbol of Hollywood history. Basically, he, he refurbished the H, he painted some shit on it, and they were like, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Um, and some producer, quote unquote, you know, two bit hustlers. So <laughs> these days, the sign is fine, but controversy has arisen over some of the trails leading up to it because nowadays it goes right through people's neighborhoods. So the residents are dealing with huge numbers of terror, terrorists, <laughs> tourists. Same, Same thing. thing. <laughs> They're dealing with a. Now I just imagine a bunch of the terrorists from Team America fucking <laughs> up the fucking hill, Hollywood. Hiking up to Hollywood. <laughs> duck it, duck it, duck it. After all, Canada got done hanging out at the amusement parks. They like went to take a tour of the size of Hollywood Hills. <laughs> Uh, in 2013, the LA Times reported that over 40 tourist companies were running buses in and out of Beachwood Canyon, which is <laughs> very concerning considering those roads weren't even made for that much traffic at all. They were made for like, like Albert to go vehicles. up yeah. in his in his Model A, you know, and he even even he couldn't handle that. <laughs> it was just made for one guy, and one guy couldn't even handle it. He was too drunk. He needed a model. He needed like a model, model H or J or something. He needed a Tesla. A little later on down the line. He needed a self-driving Tesla so he could just get wasted in the back seat. Uh, the the LA Fire Department has also designated the area as high risk for fires, and they weren't wrong. When I first moved to Los Angeles. It was on fire. The Hollywood sign <laughs> was surrounded by flames. Really? Yes. Holy there are shit. some of the gnarliest pictures. Just go right down, do yourself a favor. Google Hollywood sign on fire or fires around the Hollywood sign. It represents Hollywood so well. This sign is so cursed. It has either always been dilapidated, always looked like post-apocalyptic, or it's just surrounded in fire. <laughs> 
When I moved out here, I looked up to the Hollywood sign, and I was like, oh, wow, cool. It's burning. It's burning. It was on Who fire. Who fixed it after it burned down? <laughs> no, it never caught on fire. Oh, luckily. okay. They, that's, that was actually another controversy, was also when I moved out here and it was on fire. Uh, this happens a lot in Hollywood, but when everything else is burning, anything with money has the water running and like sprinklers are on and there's stuff in place. The Getty Museum is notorious for it's literally like unburnable. Like they have emergency systems, but we also were in a time where it was a severe drought. drought. And the Getty and the Hollywood sign had sprinklers on 24 hours a day. Like making sure that that shit didn't burn. Uh, after September the 11th, the sign was designated a high risk for terrorism along with... S- that's just That's interesting. Shows you the fucking hubris yeah, of Hollywood. Yeah. They're like, what do Someone's we have? We don't have a landmark. The They're going to take the sign. No one. <laughs> Someone's going to suicide bomb the Hollywood. They're like, sign. yeah. It, it, the fucking terrorists want to make a point. They're going to hit the Hollywood. It was so funny, sign. too. Uh, That's what they, it is. They did a sweeping thing. It was City Hall, LAX, the Pacific Design Center, and the Hollywood sign all became like terrorist targets if you hit the hollywood sign of a plane you would kill almost nobody no one yeah no. so after september the 11th they de- they designated the hollywood sign as a high risk for terrorism what does that mean <laughs> I, I, Do you have to take your shoes off when you go see the hollywood sign like right. what the fuck does that mean nowadays there are do not enter signs on the way up to a security gate this is if you go up to the hollywood mm-hmm. sign this is what it looks like do not enter signs security gate the sign itself is equipped with sensors and loudspeakers. What? Yeah. And if you try to climb this thing, uh, police helicopters respond to any trespassers. What? Yeah. So if you try to climb this thing, you will get a helicopter called. There are sensors that know you're there. Loudspeakers are yelling at you to get out. It's probably... Wait. It's like the same fucking security system as Area 51. Wait, wait, wait. Exactly. How, did, how did the Hollyweed guy do that? So, this, I, that's a good question because. Is it in your notes? This is more. Yeah, it's in okay. my notes. But nowadays. Nowadays is. He's one of the escaped aliens from. Exactly. The guys who did it were just aliens. He knew, he knew the security system. And by system. the way, the helicopters that respond, they are missile helicopters. What? That are outfitted with heavy machine guns and are ordered to fire on site. What? No, I'm just kidding. But they're LAPD. <laughs> we, have, we have an inside joke yeah. on missile helicopters. Missile helicopters. Missile helicopters. <laughs> if somehow. You managed to avoid being hit by these Hellfire missiles from the helicopters. Uh, You'll be slapped with one year probation, 20 days of Caltrans labor, California transportation. So you'll have to like clean a train or some shit for a year. Um, A $1,000 fine with penalties up to five times that amount for restitution to the LAPD and Parks and Rec. And you are also banned from ever going near the Hollywood sign again, Jesus you criminal Christ. piece of shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign, bro. Well, so, but also, there's, there's a big history of suicides off Hollywood sign, yes. right? Do you yeah. have that in your notes? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. So, access wasn't always prohibited. In the past, people would go up there... Sometimes to commit suicide. Sometimes Metal. to drink and have a beer. <laughs> Chill. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes to have a nice date night, you know, <laughs> picnic with the girl and bottle of wine or whatever. And then other times to hurl yourself yeah. off to an infinite unknown. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the most famous suicide 
off the Hollywood sign. Not in L.A. in general. That's everyone who's ever lived here. But uh, the most famous suicide off the Hollywood sign was Peg Entwistle in 1932. Peg was a British actress who had been doing plays all over New York. Uh, this, this girl, she had quite a career bubbling up. Betty Davis once said that Peg was the reason she began acting. Whether or not that's true, who knows? Betty Davis could have also been trying to get some clout from a recent suicide, which does often happen. I don't know who Betty Davis is. Oh, my. God. <laughs> I have no idea who this woman is. Betty Davis? We'll get to that. Okay, cool. That's a different episode. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. That's okay. It's all right. No, it, but she okay. credits the jumping woman as her influence? Yes. Okay. Betty Davis is another one who was like, in the 30s and 40s, one of the biggest movie stars. In the oh, okay. World. You know, Betty Davis says this thing, and I just always get those old feelings of like uh, when you were in church and people would act like they would know someone even though they didn't because uh, they had just committed suicide. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Seeking clout before that was a term. Exactly. Yeah. So she also, it's rumored that Peg dated Humphrey Bogart before he was bogey. Um, you know, she's got all this, all this, this career's bubbling up, but, uh, on September 18th, 1932, a woman was hiking below the Hollywood sign, Hollywood land sign, sorry, when she found a woman's shoe, purse, and jacket that, unbeknownst to her, belonged to Peg. Uh, she opened the purse, she found a suicide note, after which she looked down the mountain and saw the body below. The woman reported her findings to the Los Angeles police. And this is the weirdest part of the story. It says <laughs> she reported her findings to the LAPD and laid the items on the steps of the Hollywood police station. So I don't, how did this, did she just call them on like a, you know, one of those like game wells of the street back in the day that you would open for an emergency? And they were like, yeah, well, we'll come scrape her up. Just like, you know, leave her shit on a stoop <laughs> yeah, and no, we'll have a guy pick no it up. Phones. Yeah, you know, it's like, come leave her stuff on the front porch of the LAPD. What the fuck? <laughs> like, hey, that's a hike, too. Yeah, man. What do you mean? The, the, that's five miles from me. She picked up all that stuff and carried it all the way to the police There's department. something fishy about this situation. Something fishy's. She was murdered. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> later, a detective and two radio car officers... Uh, which that's what they used to be called, found the body in a ravine below the sign. Entwistle remained unidentified until her uncle, with whom she had been living with near the sign in Beechwood Canyon, uh, identified her remains. He connected her two-day absence with the description and the initials P.E. written on the suicide note, which had been published in the newspapers by this point. That's how he found out. Her uncle that she was living with, she goes missing for two days, and he gets a newspaper, and it is front page news. Girl kills herself off the Hollywood sign, and it's a picture of all of her stuff and her. And suicide so wait, note. she was an actress, right? Yeah. And like, uh, okay, I don't, I never knew if this part was a myth or not. Was so the myth is that like she killed herself off the Hollywood sign because she couldn't make it in Hollywood, mm. and then she literally got cast in something right after she died. Yeah. Or is that a myth? That might have been a myth. I mean, a lot of people, that's the thing. There's so many things going around. That's why I said that thing about Betty Davis. It's like, mm. you never know who's telling the truth. Like, there was a thing that came out that she killed herself over bad ratings for this movie that was going to come out. The movie hadn't even been released yet when okay. she killed herself. Oh, okay. So clearly that wasn't true. Yeah. You know, her uncle said that on Friday, September the 16th, she told him she was going for a walk to a drugstore and then to see some friends. 
the police surmise that instead she made her way to the nearby southern slope of Mount Lee to the foot of the Hollywood land sign, climb Albert's ladder up to the top of the H and jumped off and killed herself. And uh, maybe that's why Albert later on, he took out that fucking H with his truck. He was getting vengeance. It was a vengeance quest. That's what it was. Albert didn't accidentally run through the H. He went through it because it killed Peg Entwistle. The cause of death was listed by the coroner as multiple fractures of the pelvis. And she, the note that she left said, I am afraid. I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. Wow. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain. Wow. Signed, P.E. And again, Look, I... For anyone listening, that's not true. I know. Don't... Yeah. If, if, if you feel those feelings, call help. Call a friend. Yeah. That's not true. For sure. Um, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, Entwistle's death brought a lot of uh, publicity, and it was widely sensationalized. Tales and legends will be written about... How she had been done wrong in Hollywood, saying she was wow. broke and washed up. Getting she, there was even rumors she was getting paid to pose nude, which turned out to be not true at all, and also not shameful. Also not shameful. Other people thought maybe it was because she had finally gotten a film in Los Angeles, but it was met with bad reviews. But like I said earlier, the film she did it was called Thirteen Women, and it wasn't even released yet until after she died. So that also was not true. Um, she had been through a divorce. That was why she was living with her uncle. So there was a lot of conjecture on the cause of her suicide. But her uncle said, honestly, she was just really depressed and plagued. Her uncle said she was plagued by mental anguish. Yeah. So, you know, she was just going through the shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> she was just going through yeah. the shit. I also still wonder if this was old-timey, cold-blooded Hollywood murder. Probably because I've played L.A. Noir too many times. And it's never a suicide. It's always murder. Is there a suicide in that game? Never. Okay, good to know. I'm going through it right now. <laughs> in 2014, roughly 100 people marked the anniversary of Peg Whistle's death by gathering in the parking lot of Beachwood Market in Hollywood to watch Peg's movie, 13 Women, on an outdoor screen. Proceeds from a raffle and from food and beverages sold at the screening were donated to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in Entwistle's name. Wow. And I just want to put this out there. If you ever find my dead body under the Hollywood sign, uh, first off, look for a murder because it wasn't suicide. It never is. But second, please project war pigs onto the H of the Hollywood sign. Okay. You know, please. We'll do. That is my request. First of all, investigate the murder. Second of all, project war pigs. Yeah, perfect. First, second. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Albert's going to resurrect himself from the grave and drive Oh, my God. That would be again. great. Let's talk about some of the authorized and hilarious unauthorized alterations that have been made to the Hollywood sign. Uh, as a big note, I'm going to say... It is illegal to make unauthorized physical alterations to the sign, although the city has occasionally allowed it in the past for commercial purposes. Current policy does not permit such changes to be made. This is largely due to neighborhood opposition and to past accidents. Again, you will be shot on site with a Hellfire missile if you recall <laughs> even looking at the Hollywood sign at night. <laughs> 
<laughs> However, the sign has been unofficially altered a number of times, often eliciting a great deal of attention. And among the most famous modifications were in January 1976 and again in January 2017. Uh, the sign was first altered in 1976 following the passage of a state law decriminalizing marijuana. It was decriminalized in the 70s? Yeah, dude. Holy That's shit. That's why LA has always been the place, man. Flip. So after they passed that bill decriminalizing marijuana in 1976, the sign was altered to say Holly Weed. Yeah, back then it was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. This was done again in 2017 and on New Year's Day uh, because it was possibly, it was done as like an homage to a new California law making recreational marijuana legal to everyone. Mm-hmm. It, that was when it went from rec to yeah. everyone. 18 and over dispensary. It was right after I moved here. So in April 1977 and September 1987, again, a bunch of these were like, you know, done twice. The, 19, the 1977 alteration was for Easter sunrise. They went up and changed it to Hollywood. And it was for Easter service, viewable from the Hollywood Bowl. I can't support that. They had Easter service at the Hollywood Bowl. In 1977, and you would look up and it said Hollywood. The 1987 alteration was for Pope John Paul II when he visited, and the second L was covered for Hollywood again. Yeah, you know. In December 1983, um, it was changed to Go Navy. So... The Hollywood sign. The Hollywood sign was, was changed, changed to, go, to Navy. go Navy. How the fuck do you do that? Because I looked this up. Because I was like, Hollywood's <laughs> easy. You just put a couple blankets over part of some of the letters. Go Navy. I was like, there's no way you can fucking it. contort this to make it say oh, Go they, like, Navy. they wrapped it, right? Yeah, I looked. They literally just like, it looks like a child painted over it like it looks like you just photoshopped it with like without using a pen tablet and you just used a trackpad just write go navy over the hollywood sign this looks terrible there were a few there were a few that took a lot of work in 1985 i would say this didn't take enough work uh yeah for sure listen I don't think the I don't think the Navy or the Army are really known for arts and crafts so I don't really hold them if it looks like crown, it's a step up. Our know? military is not known for uh, spending a bunch of money to make things right. We're just known for getting out of Afghanistan in 2021. Or or make things or look making pretty. things look pretty. Nothing looks pretty, that's for sure. But a lot of people did. A lot of people sp- spent a lot of time and effort in 1985. This obscure rock band from my heart, New Orleans. Named the Rafis, R-A-F-F-E-Y-S. They altered the sign in a, an act of unauthorized self-promotion, and it just said Rafi Sod, R-A-F-F-E-Y-S-O-D, in 1985. How much time and effort did they put in to make Hollywood say Rafi Sod? Oh, fucking too much. Too much. Too Any much. Amount. Any amount Fucking of Southern years. people. Uh, in 1987, uh, the Hollywood sign became Fox. It just said Fox. It was a promotion for the primetime launch of the Fox Television Network. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that probably was pretty weird. It just said Fox. Um, in 1987, it said Caltech. 
It occurred on Hollywood Centennial of its incorporation as a municipality. Also, one of Caltech's many senior pranks. That was an unauthorized one. They they put it up there. Um, <laughs> these are, they get, these get so deep. In July 1987, uh, they took out the H again, just like old Albert did back in the day. But they did it as like a protest, and it was during the Oliver North and Iran Contra hearings. <laughs> they made it say Hollywood. They took out the H in 1991. It was changed to, this is one of my favorites, it was changed to Oil War for the outbreak of the Gulf War. Uh, A yellow ribbon was tied around the sign in April 1991 in celebration of the end of the Gulf War. So them changing the Hollywood sign to the Oil War ended the Gulf War, actually. That, uh, That did it. That solved the whole problem. <laughs> this act also supported the Hollywood <laughs> Salutes Gulf Veterans Celebrations. In 1992, a 75-foot-tall cutout of the character from Cool World, her name was Hollywood. The alteration angered local residents who said the cartoon character was appalling and an insult to women. There was another one that was repeated. It was Perot Wood. In 1992 and 1996 to support Ross Perot and his presidential campaign. Both of them. And that's all I have. That's all I have for the Hollywood sign today, guys. This is an interesting episode. Yeah. It's not about a specific film. Yeah. It's about a part of Hollywood. <laughs> it's fast and loose. We've had six incredibly well-researched episodes about specific films. This was an incredibly well-researched episode about a fun to- – well, not really fun, but like an interesting topic yeah. for us to goof off place. with. It was fun. Um, <laughs> I'm so proud about the launch of the show. I think we've done great so far. Yeah, me too. We earned an episode fueled mostly by whiskey. Yeah. Uh, and this was decompression. <laughs> yes. We did, the, uh, we did Nosferatu. It was Nazis, Too, too many intense topics back yeah. to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – This is kind of intense too, but – no, yeah. no, I think it's fun. I mean, it's whatever, you know. History happens. Nowadays, nothing it's, we can do about it. Yeah, and nowadays it's the Hollywood sign owned by the Disney Corporation. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, ladies and gentlemen out there in Hollywood land, when you look up at the Hollywood sign, just think racist. <laughs> that's what it. That's where it all began. Whites only subdivision. I know. I know. I swear you can't. It, that's. This is why I said it's like if I don't report on the bad things that happen in Hollywood history, we just don't have a show anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was. <laughs> yeah. We, what are we going to be the Hollywood <laughs> right, story about? Right. <laughs> it was like no, no. Uh, newsflash, everyone. It was all started on racism and horribleness and uh, a bunch of old white dudes who were very evil. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Actually. Uh, well, I think uh, I I really do enjoy just like Drake. I agree with you. I enjoy these uh, th- these little unique episodes, and uh, th- I'm excited for all the other specific yeah. episodes that yeah. we're gonna do. And I'm excited to share with our audience the unique mm-hmm. stuff that we're gonna be doing on yeah. Patreon. So if you haven't gone to Patreon, you should go to our. Uh, Social media, our website, wherever, and uh, you know, go go check us out because we're going to be doing some very yeah. interactive stuff mm-hmm. with our fans, and you know, watching some movies together, and you can join us on the journey drinking 
and you know having a good time uh instead of just listening to us when you jog this is the first episode that we have recorded after the first batch that we recorded after pre-launch so this is the first post-launch episode kind of feels like a bit of a victory lap we've all put a lot of work into the show um to get up and going and this kind of felt like a let's just have fun and record an episode and get back yeah, into it for sure Shake and the rust off and this will be good we'll do like i said we'll release all the uh original versions of these episodes on the patreon as well but i think we'll come out with these we got a few other ones that are really fun that we did back in the day that i want to bring back up there's the history of trailers how movie trailers even came to be um the history of scores how scoring a film with music even happen you know like cool there's some histories here that are really good i'm sure at some point we'll do will rogers again like the old time that was like the favorite old timey episode he has a but, beach uh, that's all i know about yes him. he does that's all yeah. i know about will rogers is yeah. there's a beach he's got a couple he parks a couple of parks and a beach, and a beach. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't racist by the way cool wasn't good. a racist man good change up yeah yeah he <laughs> so. was a pretty good dude considering all things Hollywood. Can I tease a couple episodes we have coming up, or should we not say? Do we got what? Can I tease a couple episodes we have coming up, or should yeah, I not say? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, as the aforementioned, we have a Steve McQueen episode coming up. This is going to be juicy. Um, we're going to be doing the next uh, Oscar winner, which mm-hmm. is Gone of the Wind. Yep. And then we have a special guest coming in for a Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode. Yeah. That will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and that's all we have planned. But, you know, Who Framed that... Roger Rabbit is going to be so meta. <laughs> it's going to be Hollywood history about making a movie <laughs> about Hollywood history. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then after that, it's uh, October. So who knows what fun Halloween, Halloween episodes. Halloween. This is the first time that this show has been around for a se- like a holiday season. So yeah, we the 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 uh, the. Four Format is unprecedented. So maybe we'll be sure to get another six weeks ahead. So we can yeah, some actually, time that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very nice if we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, until next time, we oh, big shout out to thank you guys who have uh, commented and suggested and held your own conversations on Facebook mm. and Instagram. Don't think mm. we don't see you. I yeah, see you in the comments, but uh, you guys got some really good suggestions coming, and you branched off and started offering history yourselves. You guys could take over the yeah. show. So if you kill us, up. you can. Uh, it's good, and if uh, if if there is gems, you know, we'll definitely include them in the show and give yeah, you guys absolutely. a shout definitely. out. So speaking keep them of socials, uh, Dev, where can people find you? Uh, Sailor underscore dev on Insta and on, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, my Tesla screen. And, uh, you know, you can go follow, follow Abercrombie Films and my fish app uh, for all my other endeavors. Cool. You can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake. And you can check out Raging20sMerch.com for uh my new apparel line that i'm coming out with uh celebrating all things being back in the 20s um and that is it for me Um, you can find me at james wyatt scott on all social media platforms or in a model a pickup truck flying off the hollywood hollywood hills into the h of the hollywood sign 
screaming while I'm holding out a bottle of booze wrapped up in a brown paper bag. <laughs> and that was <laughs> Film History. The, the History, history of, of Film. The History of Film. You know what I'm talking about.